Okay, 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 okay. Before we get started, I got a question for you guys. Oh, God. Do you know what Mario wears? Coveralls, Uh, right? Is that what they're called? Overalls? Are they not coveralls? These are more like just overalls, I guess? No. A little red hat? I feel like we're both wrong. It's denim, denim, denim. (laughs) God. Denim, denim, denim. Omar, I think we're in hell. Hey, hey, hey. Why couldn't the toilet paper cross the road? Uh, You know we're recording, right? Because it was stuck (laughs) to the... Wait, couldn't? Yeah, couldn't. Um, All eight of our Fijian (laughs) listeners are... They're gone now. <laughs> they're t- <laughs> they're, no, they're waiting with rapt attention. All right. Well, I could not the 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 what was it? Toilet paper across the road. Why couldn't it? Why? What happened? It got stuck in a crack. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Omar, say that that you were listening part so he stops. Yeah. You weren't listening to the Give Me Five podcast. Um, but you probably stopped by now. But in case you're still on, this is episode 225, Side A. Is this a Side A episode? Kinda. <laughs> it is now. Well, are we? I I assumed. Okay, I shouldn't have assumed. It is. It is. Um. All right. This is Give Me Five podcast. It's a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. This is a side A episode, most likely, which means that we're going to talk about pop culture, entertainment, news, movies, music, books. We're not doing Florida today. We're not doing books either. Um. And whatever other random stuff caught our eye. This is actually. Is this like? Would it be fair to say this is a? Uh, Super mega spoiler episode. This yeah. is a super mega spoiler episode. Spoilerific. This is the mo- yeah. We're not even going to do the spoiler alert later. We this is the most spoiler episode we're ever going to do. We waited a little bit on some of the big spoiler movies like Spider Man and The Matrix, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the ending of Hawkeye and some of the things that happened there. Uh, what else? Uh, uh, Book of Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett, which is not super spoilery because it's only been one episode, but. We're going to spoil all of those things, so if you are concerned about us spoiling all of those things, uh, and you're still here after Rob's jokes, if that's what they're called. uh, You shut your mouth! Those were funny! (laughs) If you have to say you shut your mouth, those were funny, well, I won't finish that. Uh, (laughs) Um... This is, we are going to spoil those things. We're going to because as like even some of the co-hosts here are going to step off during our conversation about Spider-Man. So, um, that's where all right. At. Fair enough. Well, my name, as they call me on the streets, is Miguel O'Hara. Uh, no, it's O'Hara. Uh, no, 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 it's O'Hara. I am joined by <laughs> Ben Riley. Hi. 
nephew. Nice. <laughs> Actually, no, Ben Riley is not He's... really the uh, Ben Riley is the clone. Correct. Nice. Okay. You knew that one. Okay. Because I had to go deep to find that one. And I'm also joined by Miles Morales. What's up? Yeah. You're actually, well, everyone knows Miles right. Morales, but. Uh, Am I a clone too? No. Just you are, you are a different just one, right? This, yeah. Uh, and you're the you're Spider-Man of the future. Mm-hmm. The Miguel O'Hara? You, yeah, that's like 2099 or whatever. Spider-Man yeah. 2099, yeah. I couldn't help it with that one. I, you know, I couldn't do it. Um, yeah. That's, uh, I, I know those. I know all that stuff because I used to read comic books after I was hanging out with supermodels. Like mm. I would read a comic book after I made it, I'm old, so like made out with like Cindy Crawford. Nice. Yeah, I that, and don't think cool that's things. true. Really believable. Okay, I didn't read comic books. I audibled them. <laughs> you audibled them. <laughs> we all believe you. Wink, wink. Yeah. Oh shit! Am I winking with my wrong eye again? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, all right. So, uh, like you said, we're going to talk yeah. about Matrix Resurrections, Spider Man No Way Home, Book of Boba Fett. The finale of Hawkeye? Yeah, yeah, the finale episode of okay. Hawkeye. And just kind of, when I talked about Hawkeye, I was the only one that had watched it. So now that Rob's watched got it, I it, got it, hear more. got it. I got to get a Disney Plus situation. I have now seen all of the episodes. So far, all of those Disney Plus, like, offshoots of, like, the, the main characters are really good. I, I think they're, they're, yeah. I, I'm, I think my, uh, I'm gonna, I don't want to get in trouble for this one. Um, I think, um, WandaVision was my least favorite, but because mm. like Loki was gr- was like really good. What do you guys think? Which one's your favorite so far? In, if we had to order them, so it was well, there's what WandaVision, Loki, Hawkeye, Falcon, Falcon and the Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is probably my least favorite. Really? Yeah. The WandaVision was just I too... like the actions. I really like the action sequences on that one. Yeah. And WandaVision was, was, was like, so draining. The first three, four episodes were just, like... And see, I actually liked what they were doing. Mm-hmm. So WandaVision is probably my number two. Because Loki was Loki's my number one. But sure. Wanda's probably my number two, followed up by Hawkeye, and then followed up by uh, mm-hmm. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I adored Hawkeye. Um, I think it was the easiest one to do. In what? In writing-wise. Wait, what do you mean? Like it's not it's not out it's not that out of the box it's not that out of you know it wasn't talking about multiple universes like like Loki was and uh, WandaVision not talking and about fractured, alternate universes or yeah or and like fractured, fractured reality stuff. so this one was and straightforward like it was just a it's very straightforward but I think the addition of Christmas and family into it like, hit it home yeah I that probably and to be honest I read the I read the series as well. And it was close, but not exactly the same. But I I loved it, and I thought all the performances – all I mean, okay, of course, all the performances across the board are great. Um, so I really liked that one a lot. That might have jumped into number one, but Loki was the number one before. Uh, WandaVision I loved. I don't know how much I'm going to revisit it because the beginning is exhausting but good. And when you find out what the beginning is all about, it's even cooler. It is well done. That's and- true. It is. And when you when you get to the end and realize all of the little things that they had worked in planning, you, you know, like it was very well planned. It was very well done. It was just too tedious for me. And I'm usually good with like slower things. It was just exhausting. Since we're already talking about this, do you want to get into the finale of Hawkeye? 
Uh, well, there was one little bit of news that Rob uh, wanted to talk about because it's. Oh, it important. does it have it to do with crossing a road? Yeah. Or... No, no, it is not. This one is not actually okay. a joke. Uh, but this one, he, he he made note that he wanted to talk about it early. So I just want to make sure we get that Gotta so we don't it. forget it. Yeah, there there was a very notable passing this week. Um, at eighty five, John Madden has passed away. He passed away, I believe, Tuesday. And he he was the voice of the NFL when I was growing up. Him and Pat Summerall. I mean, I remember listening to them call call Monday night games or Sunday night games or whatever. It was just, yeah. Uh, he is most known for the person that lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers because of the immaculate reception. So I'd like to mm-hmm. um, thank him for that <laughs> as well. Steelers fans. Is that bad? Is that wrong? <laughs> you had to bring that up now? <laughs> <laughs> Look, if he haunts me, that's awesome. Because I will be more than happy to uh, le- you know, watch football with him. Um, it's weird because I actually started watching football much later than, than... I think he was already off into real video game world. I mean, I guess I, I did hear him, but there were other people at that point. Um, everyone, of course, knows him from video games. I right. think. I mean, we grew up with his games. Yeah. I mean, that was the, a lot. I didn't. I was terrible at his games. I didn't play him, but a lot of my friends loved his games, and I remember watching some of my friends play his games just because I was yeah. effing terrible, and I never. Well, that's cool. To play cause, I mean, you know, you say one word, you just say Madden. Everyone, and everyone yeah. Knows you're talking. Like you, people think the football game, right. even though it's not really. He's just his name was on it. He's not. It's not really his game, but is you know, it's just. It was early on. He had a lot to do with it early on, and he's actually the reason. Um, I remember. I remember watching something about him and the deal that he made with. Uh, was it EA at the time? I don't even know if it was EA at the time. Might but the deal that he made to something. agree to let them use his name on the game. He he had a whole bunch of stipulations and got them to agree to him to maintain the integrity. I guess of the. Of the product. Like we don't want flaming footballs and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, he was older. He was a bigger guy. So it was, I mean, you never, it wasn't a shock, but it, it was sad, obviously. Yeah. It came out late in the night. Um, so that was kind of, there's, whoa. there's one that's probably coming up that I'll be, that I'll be sad about as well, but. We won't mention that name here because I don't yeah. want to jinx anybody. Yeah, but you know it's very interesting. All of the sports people talking about his influence on them, and it was coaches that are already retired, uh, other sportscasters that had retired recently. So he he was generational, uh, and young players that you know people that are just getting in the league at twenty three, twenty four years old that mm-hmm. are like I grew up with him. I you know I. I the game was games. so re- the game was so realistic that I could actually like practice like watching game film by playing the game and getting a you know figuring out schemes and stuff. So just crazy cool stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, famously, did not like to fly. Yeah, I didn't know that. He took a train or took a bus everywhere that he went. Yep. Uh, I think he. F- I don't want to. You know, the guy just died. I don't want to ruin it, but I. I don't. I think he flew a couple times ever. And then that was it. And I think he came up with the whole Thanksgiving turkey thing for the Thanksgiving Day game. Um, but 
I remember watching. <laughs> I remember watching um, a couple of videos, and I say I remember like it was a long time ago. I was watching the videos after he passed away, but wa- watching him just absolutely roast Troy Aikman for like ten <laughs> minutes about not being able to grow a beard was hilarious. <laughs> and this was all on prime time, and and I don't know of any other announcer that could write. BMF on the screen and get away with it. John Madden wrote BMF on the screen using a story of Gatorade buckets and how the Gatorade buckets were proliferating or, or, um, you know, creating new buckets. So he had a mommy bucket that was in the middle. So he wrote an M for the mommy bucket and he had a father bucket on the end. So he wrote an F on the end and then there was a little baby bucket and he wrote a B in the front. That's nice. Like, what? Bad mother. Yeah, I was like, "What the fuck, John? Really? All right. Nice. Well, okay. Well, I just got an email. Yeah, that's the thing. What was it from John Madden? Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's like... No, uh, sad, sad news about John Madden. My condolences to his friends and family and past players and you know coworkers and all that stuff. So now we will talk about Hawkeye. Uh, I already said what Hawkeye! I thought about it. We talked about it once before, but I was the only one that had seen it, as I said. Uh, Omar, are you going to be sad if you get No, I'm okay with it. Okay. Uh, Rob, what do you think now that you've actually seen it? I really enjoyed it. Um, the And I think one of the reasons I really enjoyed it is because I really love the energy from Kate Bishop. She, just something about the way she acts. She seems, it, she she portrays the the innocent, naive, um, wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, you know, young novice. Um, even though she's done a lot in her life, it, it just, she's so likable. She's such a likable character. And, and once they introduced Yelena, I was... <laughs> Yelena was hilarious in this series. Just the conversations that she had with Kate Bishop because they both like to talk. And the fight with them in the elevator was so funny. Yeah, uh, she... Okay, the Kate Bishop thing, I tried to say it the first time we talked about this, but, like, she had a potential of not being likable. Like, plucky, uh, I-can-do-it kind of person, but there's something about the way they wrote her and the stuff that she did. It worked mm-hmm. really, really well. And it worked. Uh, yeah. There was one moment, I think it was episode one or two, where something happened. I, I wish I remembered up, which is weird because I've watched each episode three times. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was something that, that – an interaction, I think, between her and her mom that just worked. And I think it helped that Vera Farmiga is as good of an actress as she is. Mm-hmm. I think it was something along the lines of, like, when the bomb is, like, she didn't realize the mom knew about the bell tower. And was like, yeah, it was somewhere in there that uh, that I was like, okay. Uh, the sword fight sequence was great in that show. The fencing sequence. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And is he is he like a hero of some kind? Because he seems like otherworldly with that blade. Like when she went to stab him in the face and he didn't even look and parried the blow. He in the comics he is something. He's not like other super powered but he's kind of like uh the guy 
the the Batrock the Leaper that's been in a couple of the other Marvel movies. Okay. Um, you know, just really good at that one thing. Ah. Uh. But he does Duquesne is his name, but I don't. I think he's he's a bad guy, but kinda like very ambiguous. Well, and and I got the feeling that he was a bad guy in this as well, but then they just kind of like let that go. Yeah, I I think he was uh, he was in some shady stuff, but the mom was in too. Again, spoilers. Uh the mom was into more shady stuff. Mhm. Nice. He was the the lesser of the shadies. Yeah. Yeah. He would be the slim shady. Yes. And all the other slim shadies are just imitating. That's right. Yeah. She was the fat shady. Yes, exactly. <laughs> gotcha. Why do people listen to us? <laughs> I do not know. Love you, Fiji. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the, so the ending, we, we did talk about, there was some, some reveals. Uh, Kingpin came back. He oh, did. Shit. And I was so happy for that because... I didn't did you, know what to think. Did you about... mention Daredevil in the the first time we talked about this? Uh, yeah, I did. I thought he would be. Wait, is it Vincent D'Onofrio? Sweet. Yes, it is. And it's the Daredevil Sweet. from the TV show as well. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh man, what was he? He wasn't in this. He was only in the other. Oh shit! <laughs> Mixing up my superhero shit. Oh, Never mind. Either way, D'Onofrio does a great yeah, job. So... He's, he's really good. Kingpin has always confused me because he's just a big dude. And as as you've said when talking about wrestling, sometimes they always make fat people seem like they're like super strong mm-hmm. in wrestling. Um and that's kind of always been what Kingpin was. Like he was he's not super powered. He's not augmented in any way, shape, or form. Well, see here they made him super powered. Well, he the it the, they have him no, because there's a few things where they basically what you are seeing is just all muscle. It's none. There's no. So it's he's that big, but it's all muscle, and so they're they basically said he's Mark Henry, is what the producers said, which is speaking of wrestling. No, I I would disagree because the the way that he threw Kate around in that fight scene in the toy store, mm-hmm. that is not Mark Henry. No no human man, I don't care how strong you are, could throw around a human body that far or that easily without being augmented. But that's the thing that I always thought about Kingpin was they overplayed it. But 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 see, he's he's not like a superhero. But that was always his thing to me was like, is just I'm going to use this word, and I don't mean it like in in a, in a mutant way, but his like superhuman strength, and then combined with his really you know terrible temperament and 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 you know psychopathic nature and that's that's the kingpin to me. okay so he's constantly having an adrenaline rage right but there was there was one there was a point in that toy store battle where he threw her into the ceiling like back first into the ceiling and dented the ceiling right that's not normal who hasn't done that <laughs> i mean th- there's there's no i mean they can say that that's what he is but that is not what they showed on camera fair enough that is absolutely, and I think at one point, didn't he throw somebody through a concrete pillar? Possibly. Yeah, he's, the, the, if that's what they were going for, they misrepresented it. I'll say that. 
I didn't get that that's what they were going for because they I think definitely it's got, like James Bond physics. I think that that would be what I'd put it. But on I that. wouldn't like, say in, in James got... Bond anyone has ever been thrown into a ceiling, though. Well, more in James Bond, people survive things shouldn't that they survive. like shouldn't. Yeah. Right, but I'm not talking about surviving. I'm talking, yeah, I'm talking about. Well, I'm just saying the like they they for the sake of the story or making someone seem more powerful or more have more survivability or they they will stretch quite a bit. And she um, shot him with an arrow. And he just kind of broke it off inside himself. Do you remember Again, that part? Yeah, that was when she first saw him. We've all been there. Yeah. He also survives being shot in the face in the comic, which they it was almost the exact same scene as you heard at the end of it. Mm. He's so he's bl- he's I don't know if he still is, but he's blind in one eye for a little while in the comic. And that even heals up um, after an arrow to the face. Or, I mean, a shot uh, to the no, face. No, a gun. Yeah, gun. Um, I was I was beyond that. I was very very happy to see him back. Mm-hmm. Uh, D'Onofrio was actually started tweeting quite a bit about various things, like right before this, and some people kind of were under the impression that he was going to be coming back. Uh, introduced a new character, Echo, mm-hmm. who first time actress. Like I don't know. Did you see? Did I talk about the story of what happened with her? In, like, real life? Mm-mm. Or maybe so, you did. I just don't remember it. So they put out – Disney put out a casting call for a Native American actress who's deaf and is missing a limb. And, like, the thinking, of course, like, okay, who's going to be good enough and at this age and be able to play? And this this girl, woman, whatever, her friends are like, hey, did you see this casting call? And she's like – no. Oh, and that's me. Just, yeah. Like, it, they basically described me, so she tried out for it and got it. So she was not even, like, she was a student or a, I don't know what she was, but she was not an actress or even wanted to be an actress. And now, very soon, she has a whole show coming out that she's going to be the lead in. A character named Echo, I guess, controls sound, uh, missing a foot. She held her own. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the deaf thing, I, you know, she, it, it, it was very, it's going to be very interesting. To you know, watch a show and and uh, with uh, what's it called sign language and all that stuff. But they've done everything else right, so I, I don't see why not. <laughs> you know, I don't. I've I've been I've been very happy with a lot of the stuff that has come out on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. I'm very much looking forward to the new uh, book of Boba Fett. Uh, are we translating or transitioning? We can. And I can't wait for the next Mandalorian. Love that show. Yeah. We're going to transition to the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, I actually have that information up. Because this is a, if you guys are not regular listeners, this is a more of a casual episode because of all the holidays and whatnot. So, uh, Book of Boba Fett, it started. Oh, what not your holidays? If you want. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. Book of Boba Fett, I think, came, came out on the 29th of December, mm-hmm. uh, starring Tamara Morrison. You know him as all of the clones, as well as Jango Fett and Boba Fett. One version. Uh, Ming-Na Wen. I love Ming-Na Wen! Also, you might know her as Mulan, and as a fellow Pittsburgher uh, who went to a high school that would have been the rival of my high school if I still lived in Pittsburgh. Uh, she was she also was... the Calvary? 
she also is very uh, excited uh, that uh, John Madden lost to the Steelers as well. So, mm. good for her. Uh, Matt Berry, one of my favorite uh, pansexual vampires <laughs> from from uh, what we do in the shadows. He he played UK two B. If you know what that is, that is the um, the skeletal droid that usually is known for uh, burning droid feet. Oh, oh, so, yeah, yeah. But he was there. He, um, David Pasquese, um, there's not exactly an order. Uh, Jennifer Beals made an appearance. She did. And uh, Wesley Kimmel, Javier Jimenez, seeing if there's anyone else that we met. Uh, Robert Rodriguez was in it briefly and directed the first episode. Hi, buddy. My child is saying goodnight to me. Go. You too, everybody. <laughs> Good night, buddy. <laughs> I love that you waved at the screen, even though there's nothing on it. That made me happy. He waved to you guys. We're waving back. <laughs> um, yes. So, what'd you think? I really liked the first episode. Um, I think they're doing a fantastic job of bridging the gap between telling us what happened before and telling the story now. So the for, for those who haven't watched it, I'm going to spoil it a little bit, but they open up the first the very first episode with showing how he got out of the Sarlacc pit because that's the number one thing that everybody wanted to know. Oh, how is cool. still alive? How did he get out of the Sarlacc pit? So they actually show that. Um and they show a lot of flashbacks in this episode through like dreams and stuff. But it's not too much, and there's enough action and enough current story to move it along. And I think they did an excellent job. I think the first episode was only like 38 minutes or something, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was interesting because you, the Star Wars fans know Boba Fett as being this ultimate badass. But if you, that's mostly in the extended universe. If you only were a Star Wars fan because of the first three movies, all you knew about Boba Fett was that he was this cool looking dude. That showed up uh, was supposed hung out with to Darth... be a great bounty hunter. Yeah, took Han Solo. Like Darth Vader actually was reverent enough of him that he let him take Han Solo, and that was if you kind of stretch. And then got accidentally got hit in the back of his uh, jetpack, who then flew into the side of a ship and fell into a pit. But like people, his costume was so cool, and that they started adding lore about Mandalorians and all sorts of stuff. So, and now he actually get... died with one of those screams, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Ah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> You're welcome. Eat Boba Fett's ass. Uh, you want to eat Boba Fett's ass? Is that what you said? Things have I think taken your a microphone. turn. Your... <laughs> have they, though? <laughs> have they? I'm just vocalizing what you two are thinking. Get out of my head! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, so like then you get this show, and basically it's Boba Fett getting the crap kicked out of him left and right, which was really interesting way to route to take. And like, I, I, it, it made I will him sympathetic ad- as hell. Well, I also will admit I'm a little bit confused because he actually was still kind of a badass on the Mandalorian. Like he knew how to fight, and it seemed like he was just getting his ass beat. Mm-hmm. Well, he was getting his ass beat, but I mean, I mean, he had. We don't know how long he was in the pit. At that point, because the other, the the stormtrooper in there had already been partially digested. Well, no, no, I'm talking about when him and him and Fennec Shand went to collect their their tribute. 
Oh, okay. All those dudes like surrounded. Yeah. Them. That was a kind of an interesting. That'd be a really fun thing to figure out, like interesting technology and weapons to like counteract some of the known weapons. Mm-hmm. But uh, how many years later is that? I guess that's after. That is after the Mandalorian because he came back to yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's after the Mandalorian, but it's still before uh, the Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. It's also good though because if they make him completely unbeatable. Then you get the Superman problem where it's yeah, like, fair enough, boring. But I'd love. I'm sure I don't know if you guys saw this, but did you guys ever see the Parks and Recreation episode with uh, Patton Oswalt where he's? I think it's was it Parks and Recreation where he's describing Star Wars at like a trial or a court. Yeah, yeah. Thing, and he's like, he like does this whole thing where he's like, and then you know, focus on Tatooine. The the battlefield is still smoldering or whatever, and then. Out of the sand, a hand bursts out, and it's exactly what they show. Like exact, it's like someone played it next to each other, and I'm so I don't think it's a coincidence. They probably but, did it on purpose. Yeah. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, very gross inside the Sarlacc pit. I did like that the other things being digested in there. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, lots of sand people, and their awesome sounds. And then that sand monster or whatever that he kills—that was pretty. The sweet. sand lizard, the four. Yeah, that one actually—that is a brand new creature. It does not have a name because I was watching it with subtitles, and the dog thing had a name, but which I forget what it is now. Something that st- sounds like big, like I don't know. But either way, uh, uh, massive, massive, massive. Yeah, that's what it was. That thing had a name, but the this like four armed creature did not which i thought was interesting the the little pods in the sand were weird with the water yeah because it seemed was, like they were just coming out of nowhere i'm like where do those come from there's nothing to drop them nothing to drop them they're buried like and you would think that like the one when the one dude is digging for them he like digs and you still see the layer of the sand and he just like picks one up and it's like they weren't that deep mm-hmm that was that was kind of an interesting decision because you could just film it being deeper or ha- like attached to a plant or something. I don't know. Whatever. Kind of want to taste them. They should probably sell those at uh, Disney. I would totally drink from a weird cactus <laughs> pod. Hell yeah! <laughs> That's how you. Know I imagine that good. having Mountain Dew as part of the recipe <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a butt. <laughs> It's like creamy Mountain Dew. Oh. That's what they need. A, they need a milk-based oh, Mountain Dew. That's what I would. Creamy well, that sounds terrible. That's my new nickname. <laughs> milk-based Mountain Dew. No, creamy, creamy Mountain, Mountain Dew. Dew. Creamy Mountain Dew. <laughs> Actually, his name is Cream Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah. That's extreme. Isn't Mountain Dew the extreme? That is the extreme one. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> So, anything else about the book of Boba Fett? We've only had one episode at this point, so there's not much to say. What days does it come out? Is it... It'll be Wednesdays, I think. Oh, it's Wednesdays? I think, isn't it? Yeah, because it just came out the 29th, so... So, it's either Wednesdays or they just released it on the 29th, and they're going to release another episode on Friday. Like, I I think they did that with Loki, didn't they? Wednesday, January 5th is the next one. Oh, okay, so it will be Wednesdays. Yeah. Uh, that is chapter two. I'm wondering if all of... I think all of the names are going to be uh, book titles. 
all the title uh, the chapter names because the first one is called Stranger in a Strange Land, which I believe is a book, correct? Uh, and maybe the book, and it is called the Book of Boba Fett. It's also an Iron Maiden song. Ooh, that'd be even better. Can you imagine if every episode was like? <laughs> there was a show that came out a few years ago where every season, each episode was the name of a song, but like the entire season was like one band. So like the entire first season, uh, Pearl, it was they did Pearl Jam too. It was one of those crime. It was like a crime, crime thing, shows. yeah, with this girl who's like a spy or whatever. The yeah. like the entire first season was all Zeppelin songs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was another show that did all Pearl Jam songs. Yeah. And it took me like five episodes before I realized it. With I'm like, oh, it's better, man. It's a, it's a Pearl Jam song. <laughs> what a coincidence mm. for the fourth time. Live. That's a Pearl Jam. <laughs> Elderly woman really behind the counter. Like, you know, <laughs> just going to say. Um, what do you guys think about Disney Plus, like, releasing these shows instead of, like, net, or like most of the streaming services where they just do the whole thing at once? Do you like that they do per week, like one a week, like traditional? I kind of do. It gives you something to look forward to as opposed to binging everything. The problem I run into with binging is that something comes out that I really want to see, and I binge it in like two days, and then I've got nothing. Yeah, and especially with what we do, like right now it's kind of exhausting. I'm trying to binge. I'm still trying to binge The Watcher and finish it. And there was also The Witcher. uh, Watcher, the Watcher. <laughs> Speaking of Marvel, the Witcher, and also trying to do the Wheel of Time, which I started a little bit late because I was doing something else, and then like it gets a, with binging and trying to actually talk about it on a podcast, it gets a yeah, little overwhelming. A yeah, that's true. And and I like the way Disney does it because I watch all of the episodes, and then when I get to that last episode, they're all so good that I usually go back and watch all of them again before I watch the last episode because they're really kind of bite size. Most of them mm-hmm. are thirty eight, forty minutes. Right. Well, and, and to me, it and seems they're... like if I'm writing something that I know is going to be released all, let's say, all ten episodes and on the same day, I feel like I feel like you would have to approach the writing of the episodes a little differently than if they're coming out weekly. I mean, that's just I've always had this idea. I don't know. Like, I just feel like writing now for a show, for like the people who are actually writers now, they have to approach it in a little bit of a different way because they're it's going to be viewed in a different way than it used to be. I think they do. I think there's a lot less rehashing stuff. Because mm-hmm. if everything's coming out at the same time, you don't have to remind people of what happened. Right, because four episodes it's, ago it's like, was a month ago. So you're not going to remember yeah, the details. Like, if someone burst in the door, it's like, you're like, hey, Jennifer, it's not, Jennifer, you're the person that cheated on my brother with so-and-so and did this <laughs> right. and then, then killed my dog. <laughs> Like, no. that's not the way people talk. So, in a way, it's actually better. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I see what you're saying. That's funny. I... But also, that's always available, too, which is kind of nice. Right. I like that I said, killed my dog, and in the background, my dog barked. <laughs> as if... I'm not sure if you guys heard uh, we, that. Yeah, but... we can hear oh, There it is. But he's, cool. he's cool. We like your dog. He's like... That's Moxie. That's the one that, that uh, is slightly racist. Okay, very racist. <laughs> and actually, literally, only likes Rob. <laughs> She does. The only person that, that, like, even us, she barks at us, and then Rob comes over, and she's like, hi. <laughs> You're so funny. Do you want pe- to yeah, yeah. pet me? You should pet me. You should pet <laughs> All the bitches okay, like that's Rob. Boba Fett. We did Hawkeye. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Word. 
What are we doing now? Uh, we did, let's do Matrix. You want to hit Matrix? Matrix 10. Yeah. Did oh, we yeah. all see Matrix? Indeed. I think we all did. Indeed. Excellent. Omar, why don't you Me? take that one? And then I'll lead off uh, the It'll be next nice. One. I watched it, but Omar's still going to get this chance to spoil it for me because I don't I, know what I happened. didn't see it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> wow. There's a lot. Okay, there's a lot going on with this one. Um, okay, well, we know The Matrix. This is part four. It's called Resurrections. It came out on December 18th, so it's pretty fresh. Um, and it's directed by Lana Wachowski, right? Is that how they say it? Um, yep. yep. The... Usually it's it's both of the sisters, but this time, and actually now that I think about it, I didn't, do you know, does anybody know why it's just one of the sisters and not both? Just didn't feel That's like it? There's it. nothing, there's no. Like, I think like a semi, no, there's no story. I think just a, behind it. someone just wanted to retire and live off their past Matrix money, I think. Oh, I'll look it enough. up while you're. While it's you're not really necessarily part, I'm just curious. It just didn't occur to me to think, like ask before. Um, starring. Uh, of course, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's Yaya Abdul-Mateen as Morpheus. Okay, the spoilers are starting now. Yaya Abdul-Mateen is Morpheus and Agent Smith. Um, Jonathan mm-hmm. Groff is Smith. That's a whole thing. Um, Jessica Henwick as, as a new character called Bugs, um, as in Bunny, which ties in the whole White Rabbit thing. Um, Neil Patrick Harris is the analyst. Jada Pinkett Smith returns as Niobe. Um, Priyanka Chopra Jonas is um, the grown-up Sati, who, which we saw in I think in the third uh, Matrix. She was the little girl in the, uh, the subway, but now she's grown up. And Christina Ricci, which I didn't even recognize, she's in for like two minutes as Guinevere. I, I didn't yeah. either. I had to go back and and look up who she was because when I saw her name in the credits, I'm like, she was in this, and she was great. It was a great character. I just didn't just didn't look like her. Um, the synopsis: Return to a world of two realities: one, everyday life; the other, what lies behind it. To find out if his reality is a construct, to truly know himself, Mister Anderson will have to choose to follow the White Rabbit once more. Okay, this is actually interesting mm-hmm. here, real quick. The reason why they both didn't direct it. Um, their parents died mm. uh, very close to each other, as well as a very good friend of theirs. Uh, when this happened, Lana felt that a movie that was based on death was actually very healing oh. for them, for her. So she was like, it was a way for me to work through my grief. Lily, on the other hand said it was very hard for her to be surrounded by death and the ability to bring some, something back uh, when she couldn't do it in real life. So it wasn't a, it wasn't anger or anything like that. It was, I can't deal with this. So they started off working on it together, and then these things happened. And then, so she was like, I just can't so do it right she now. Just, yeah, so that it was, was just why. an emotional thing. It was, it, was, it, was, it, was making, it was helping one of them heal, and it was hindering the healing of another. Got it. Got it. Mm. That's okay. fair. That's fair. I mean, you can't really, you know. Everybody, Everybody exactly. heals differently or deals with it yeah. differently. So, yeah. um, as far as initial thoughts, does anybody want to jump on it? Should I keep going? What do you want? I'm, I'm gonna talk. I'm, I was very surprised that they didn't change it more aesthetically because it dates itself very late '90s. 
because that style was everywhere. Mm-hmm. The green, the digital numbers, the, the just there's something about the way that movie looked that it sets it in that time period. I mean, so much so that in, I know you go to the movie theater a lot, obviously, and everyone listens knows that. Like, there's that one thing that they always play above the uh, the concession stand that's the popcorn. Like, let's doing the all Matrix. go to the lobby. Well, not that, but it's like let's the popcorn doing the, the Matrix lobby. bullet time thing. Like, I don't know if you've seen it. Like, with yeah. the soda, like launching soda balls or whatever. Um, and it's just so like it's so easy to just take that green color and a couple little screen tones and all that and i was really surprised at how much it looked like that because i thought that they would really stretch a little bit more and use more technology and there's only one spot that i was like wow that's really cool yeah and, um and that was the when every time neil patrick harris got punched in the face and like the little digital pixel cubes like voxels kind of like fell he's like ow that really hurt when his like jaw fell off and stuff mm-hmm. like that was the only time i was like oh that really stretched the technology but most yeah, of the time I, I was like, this looks like 1997. I I will say that it, it had solid action like every Matrix movie does. But there was really nothing groundbreaking in this movie. And nothing nothing really that we needed to return to this world for. Um, you know, other than the studio's desire for more money. I mean, the story's been told... Did we really need to revisit it? I, I, I mean, I really don't think so. Especially since didn't he die in the third Matrix movie? I don't He's, remember. He I'm sacrificed yes. himself yeah. or something. I know she did. She had like the longest death scene ever because she got rebarred and then like sat there talking about it for twenty minutes. Right. I mean, visually, it, it was it was as nice as the other ones, but it wasn't any better than the other ones. Um, ultimately, I mean, I, it kind of left me feeling flat. I mean, there wasn't, I, there wasn't really even any nostalgia once I got like 10 minutes into the movie. Um, which is kind of strange because I really enjoyed the first one, but, you know, thinking back on it, I, I actually also felt the same way about the sequels. I, I mean, I, I didn't necessarily need the sequels. I thought the first movie was really good, but by the time the second movie rolled around, it wasn't anything I hadn't seen before. You know, but at least the sequels continued and finished the story. I, I mean, I just really wasn't sure what we were doing here. Um, the, I will say that one of the one of the feelings that I did get from this movie have Have you ever seen Dragon Ball Z? No, I mean I know enough about it from my child running. Around Omar, have you ever seen the cartoon I, I Dragon know Ball of it, Z? I just never watched it. I mean, I've heard of it, obviously. <clears throat> well, Dragon Ball Z is one of those shows where you know they do a lot of fighting. And, you know, the hero works and overcomes, and then he beats the impossible-to-beat villain. And then the next series, there's another impossible-to-beat villain who's somehow even stronger than that guy. And he works and he trains, and he beats the impossible-to-beat villain. And, you know, then he finds another villain. But this villain morphs, and now we've got, you know, uh, you've got uh, Majin Buu, and now you've got Super Majin Buu, and now you've got Ultra Super Majin Buu, and to me, this this okay, movie... starts talking about Dragon Ball Z, I'm just gonna drop him <laughs> off at your place. There you go. This this movie was kind of like, they, they took that mentality and was like, I know that we've had the Matrix, but now we've got the Super Matrix. <laughs> and it's like, that that's your, that's your big plot? <laughs> Is that the analyst is working on this super matrix where he can control everything and it moves even faster than bullet time. I'm like, really? Right, right. Okay. I was really excited about this. 
and I think one of the things like so I, I watched it part I watched half of it I fell asleep um and then watched the rest of it the next day and I I'm able to be very honest on certain things with my wife because she'll watch mm -hmm. it and she'll fall asleep way sooner than me and she'll always ask me the next morning like okay was it worth it should I watch it should I waste should I waste my time on it or whatever and I can give that immediate answer right away like eh you're not gonna like it and it's not just because she has weird taste because she doesn't it's like I can give the very honest answer and I I, I like the fact that it existed because I was watching it free for my house but I think I would have been really pissed if I went to the theater yeah it it just there like I said, there was no reason to make it. Yeah. And they and watching the movie, you didn't they didn't really give you a reason for making it other than, you know, they wanted to cash in a little bit more on the Matrix franchise. So what uh, you liked it though, Omar. Well, right? okay. And we're not trying and you you were you're completely allowed yeah, to Yeah, so my take on it is, you know, first of all like what 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 you guys were talking about, what especially Rob said was uh I agree, if they stopped with the first Matrix movie, it would have been fine because to me that's above. It's that is the, the movie. movie. It's head and shoulders above all the other movies. Like there's no contest. And once we got to the second, third, and now fourth movies, we you, you're correct that it's not as big of a deal because we already know the visuals. We know we know that world, so it, it's not stunning like the first one was. Like to see all that. Um. I. Like that they kept going with the movies, though, because I really like, like all the background, like whatever. If you you know, not to be cheesy, but like all the philosophical angles of like what they're talking about and choice versus. I mean, do you really have a choice? Is it destiny? You know that sort of thing. Um, so I really like mm -hmm. the lore of it. So that they, that they keep making these movies, I like it because I'm interested in the in the sort of. I, I like all of that. I, I enjoy that they do that. But I also agree, they could have stopped after the first one. <laughs> like, there's no need for these other three movies. But I like that they make them because all these questions are answered. Like, what is the Matrix? And who is Neo? And why does Neo... Ex you know, you, you learn all that stuff over the course of the movies. <clears throat> and, and to be fair, I will say that it really kind of seemed like... And part of, part, part of my my reasoning for or the feeling that I had may have been because it was echoed in the movie itself a lot. Like they, they had an overwhelming feeling at a lot of points in this movie about why the fuck are we doing this? Well, to me, and that was, that was with, that was through the people at the video game company that Neo worked for because they're doing a game called the matrix and they kept going why are we doing this? We need to come up with new shit to make people interested. And they were coming up with these really lame hook lines. And I'm like, okay, this really kind of feels like what we're doing right here. Well, that's, I and I that think that's very... the tongue in cheek joke. I think that's the tongue in cheek joke, if you will. But usually you do that tongue in cheek joke, putting out something that is worth watching. Whereas I don't really feel that this movie was anything more than just the joke of, Hey, we're just going for more money. I think that was a huge mistake, and I know I sound like a marketing person that's like, you can't put it in there, but... It, but you get what I'm it, saying, it, right? It, it pulled me out of the movie right. when they were doing it, because I was like, oh, that's interesting, that's just like this movie, and... You're like, and I kind of feel like that's what they're doing. Well, yeah. to me, the whole movie, the basically one of the main threads that runs through the whole movie is it's just one big breaking of the fourth wall. 
Mm-hmm. And, and that drives well, me crazy. okay. Here's yeah. the thing, right? It's breaking the fourth wall without Correct. breaking the fourth wall. Yes, but they're. It's kind of like they're looking at the camera, winking at you. But they never not actually really look that. at the camera, like, but they refer to them. They even refer to Warner Brothers at one point, right? Yeah. Um, but here's my view on it, and here's why I liked it, because th- this is my uh, angle when I was watching the movie. In the pre in the in the original trilogy, we we you know we learned that there have been other versions of the Matrix, and they didn't work for different reasons, you know. You, you guys remember that, right? All right? Mm-hmm. So when this one ended, it was just the ending of that one version of The Matrix at the end of uh, Revolutions, I think was the third one. So all this is, if you think about it, it's just The Matrix you know, 9.0 or whatever, whichever, I don't know what version this would be. So if you look at it in the context, in my opinion, of that, it's... In the original trilogy, they also say this has happened before. This whole thing has happened before with Neo and all that stuff. It's it's already happened multiple times. So this is just the newest version of it. So in my mind, it's already been explained that they've already done this a bunch of times. So the way that this movie was made, I think, was very logical. Because it's just an upgraded version of what we had already seen. So, for example, it's just the next version. They take all of the story elements of the original trio, the trilogy, rather, and they just put it together a little bit differently. Like, for example, that Morpheus is also Agent Smith. And he becomes Morpheus very early on in the movie, but at, at first he's Agent Smith. Like, that's who he is. And you see, um, instead of the architect who originally made it, now he's been taken over by somebody called the analyst, and the analyst is actually um, Thomas Anderson's sh- psychiatrist, and that's how he keeps Thomas Anderson's body, like that's how he keeps him from wanting to break out of the Matrix again for the umpteenth time. Instead of just reimagining the Matrix as they have in the past, now he's actually using psychology to keep him sort of like trapped. And even when things start to happen, the analyst shows up and goes, hey, you're just having an episode. Just relax. Have some tea. And he gives him like these like, coping mechanisms and stuff. You can't fly. Yeah, you're you were to trying to kill fly. yourself. So he's just like, the, and to me, this is an upgrade of the previous Matrix. It, it completely makes it completely makes sense, in, in my opinion. And now they took this the idea of the Matrix and in a way to make it, to make Neo... Well, not Neo yet, but to make Thomas Anderson not want to break out of this iteration, they just make him a video game designer. And he's the one who created the Matrix. So any memories he has of the Matrix, if that ever happens because of his like programming or whatever, it could be very easily written off as, well, you're just confusing the game that you made with your real life. Which I think is pretty fucking so, genius. There except, is... except that he still recognizes and knows who Trinity is. Okay, well, here, here's that. Like, I, It took me some reading to figure out some of this stuff. Uh, one, this is 60 Correct. years later. Uh, the previous Matrix, of course, it kept on failing until they gave people the, appear, the ability for choice. This version, there are humans that are working with the robots and the computers to and basically volunteering for it. And then on the other side, there's machines working with the humans. 
and it was supposed to be peace, but it's kind of breaking apart. So that was mm-hmm. another thing. And then the other the other thing was that he was never re- uh, Neo, or whatever was never really the one. He needed to be paired with Trinity to become the one. It was those two together. And the only way – this is what they said. Again, I didn't quite get this from the movie. But the only way they could actually get this to work was to have Trinity or Teresa or whatever her name Tiffany. was. Tiffany. 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 Be at arm's length. But there was that kind of like slight thing. So they he felt a connection, but he didn't necessarily remember until it was – But the about. analyst does say that. He says that like you guys are a pair. You always have to be mm-hmm. just close enough to each other for like the programming to do whatever. But it's you're too dangerous together. But see, but see, also, I that is not the impression that I got because the impression that I got was that he remembered everything. Trinity remembered nothing because he knew who she was. He was he was fucking stalking her. He knew who she was, and and went to this coffee shop so that he could be close to her without, you know. But that's what yeah. the analyst says. He's that's why he's. He he even they they do explain that he says like she's close enough for you to see her and of course Neo keeps having these. It... Right, but no, what I'm what I'm saying is 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 um somebody said earlier that you know this is a new iteration and they don't know anything about the last one other than the fact that he's but I mean he knows everything about the Matrix because he remembers the people in it and and he he created the video game that was the story of the Matrix and. And that's where, I mean, it really seems like that's a huge flaw in the system as far as, okay, here's the blueprint for what you need to do or how you need to get out. And it, I mean, I I think that because he's the creator of the Matrix, he's got, he's got those memories of that. So it's, it's, it makes sense for him to be remembering all this stuff. And this is so layered, it's hard to like, uh, to like, to, to, express but he's of course he remembers it all because he's the creator of the matrix and then throwing in the analyst who's just saying hey man you're just getting this confused with real life and then later finding out that the analyst is the creator of this new matrix he's the actual one who made it he's the one keeping neo and trinity like just close enough um right no i but i'm talking about the video game that neo made what do you mean i'm he basic he basically told the story yeah. of the Matrix, and that's one of the things that all the people talked about. So Neo completely remembered everything, and he remembered who Trinity was because remember they made it so that he could still identify her, even though she looked different to everybody else. Right, and I think that's where that like mysticism, ghost in the machine, kind of part of this comes in, where. I... where where he even looks different. Remember, they show at one point like what everyone else sees. Right, but he only he still Correct. sees himself. But it's just but what everybody else how sees. They and do I'm it like, and they kind of explain why a little bit. Right. Well, no, they don't because that doesn't make any effing sense. Because if all of the people are irrelevant, why does he need to look That's like true. somebody else? Sense. There's no need for that. He doesn't because all of the other people are fucking irrelevant. So there's no reason to hide his identity from anybody else because they don't fucking know. That's true. They would just be whatever, John Q. Public. Right. They don't know. They it, it, Neo means absolutely nothing to them because none of them left the Matrix. Other than that that's a popular game in this new iteration. 
that they had Correct. him create right. in this iteration. Which, which well, but like, I think that's the method of keeping him imprisoned. Because mm-hmm. I think the thought is that because when you make a video game, you actually are forced to stay at work <laughs> all the time, which is why I don't. That's fair. Um, <laughs> so, um, all right, that makes sense. You know, um, I don't want to get too bogged down in this. I have a couple more notes, but um, like fight scenes were pretty cool, but they didn't. Mm-hmm really change that much they didn't really do any like they didn't stretch anything the one thing they can do now is instead of the agents taking over bodies they can just swarm yeah they call it swarm mode so like now just like random citizens like their eyes turn green and they just become like the mate they just get taken over by the matrix living missiles i do appreciate that there was no close-up video of uh french people eating cake oh because there was in one of the previous Matrix movies, and it was gross. Oh, yeah, okay, that's fair. Well, the he shows up, actually. The Merovingian is in here for a minute. Yeah, I had, I for, like, they I, don't call I, him that right away. I forgot who the yeah, hell he was. Yeah, it was a French guy. Yeah, like, they, because they call him the something else. Is this homeless guy? Yeah, they call him, yeah, like, Nero yeah, yeah. or something like that. And I was like, huh? And then I had to look it up, and yeah, there's a few of those. I also did not realize that that was What's-Her-Face either. Not Christina Ricci, but... um. Oh, shoot. Uh, Will Smith's wife. Jada Pinkett Smith. Oh, yeah, Jada Pinkett. They did a good yeah. job with her. Yeah. She didn't look anything like her. I actually had to look up that it was the same actor. Yeah. Um. So it was uh, something to well, watch for free. It was. It was. Uh, it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. There's a really cool quick story um, I saw on um, on Stephen Colbert. Uh, what is he? The Late Show? Whatever he is now. Um, uh, late, l- late. Whichever no. one of those. No. No, Keanu Reeves. The huh? Late, Late, Late Show? The late, late, late show. No, that's 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 something else. <laughs> the um, Keanu Reeves was a guest like recently in the last month or whatever, and he's talking about the new Matrix, and he told a story about um, at one part in the movie he and Carrie Ann Moss as as Trinity, they have to jump off of a building, and uh, they actually jumped off a forty nine story building nineteen times <laughs> to shoot this one scene. And he said, you know, they have, like, these cables and stuff attached or whatever, obviously, that you don't see in the movie itself. But they actually jumped off a fucking 49-story building. Like, that's a hell of a work day to me. <laughs> Could you imagine? Yeah. And, like, that just – just the thought of that gives me anxiety. Like, it just makes me nuts. But that's all in a day's work, I guess, you know, when you're making 100, 100 like, whatever million dollars a movie. I guess if they told me to jump off a 49-story building on Shut up and do it. <laughs> but I thought that was—I don't know—that was kind of a cool story. Overall, I thought it was a good movie. I—I I liked the way that they approached it. I thought it was very smart. Um, it obviously does have its flaws, but um, if you like the Matrix and you like the lore and all the like background stuff, um, I definitely—I definitely recommend it. Didn't need to be made. I agree, but it was, so I'm enjoying it. You know. Yeah, it was. That's fair. Yeah. Fair enough. And now, Omar, do you need to step away from the computer for to talk about Spider-Man? I'm actually going to stop it. Fine. Because we're at an hour. Well, that's going to take us into our last one. And one of our hosts has stepped away because he hasn't seen it yet. And there are going to be spoilers simply in the cast. 
So this is your final warning. If you have not seen Spider-Man No Way Home, you might want to come back later because we are going to spoil the shit out of it. All right? So the movie Spider-Man No Way Home was released on December 13th of 2021. It's directed by John Watts. And it does star Tom Holland returning as Peter Parker. It also stars Zendaya. And we also bring Doctor Strange. So Bennington Bait-and-Switch is in it. Uh, Jacob Batalon, <laughs> John Favreau, Jamie Foxx, Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina, Benedict Wong, Tony Revolori, Marisa Tomei, Andrew Garfield is in it, as is Tobey Maguire, J.K. Simmons, Reese Ifans, and Thomas Hayden Church. And for those Spider-Man fans, you probably recognized several of those names and were like, wait, this doesn't belong. Yes, yes, they do. So the synopsis is, with Spider-Man's identity now revealed, Peter asks Doctor Strange for help. When a spell goes wrong, dangerous foes from other worlds start to appear, forcing Peter to discover what it truly means to be Spider-Man. Yes. Uh, When this movie was first announced, I was... People were buzzing about some of the spoilers. Because it's hard to that many people, it's hard that many cameos or that many mm-hmm. actors, it's hard to like, especially at a time when there weren't a lot of productions going on, and it was very easy to like you know spy on them. Mm-hmm. So people knew that a lot of these things were happening, and everyone was super excited about it, and I was not because that's not my kind of story. Really, I'm not. And I'm trying to. I was thinking about. I don't know why. But sometimes it it feels like, you know, when they bring something back, it's almost like, well, should have done it right the first time, in a mm-hmm. way. But also, it cheapens certain things to me, like deaths and stuff like that. Which is crazy, because me saying that, um, as the buzz was coming out for the movie, I was like, okay, this could be kind of interesting. And then, and I guess I'll, I'll leave my final ass- ass- assessment for the end of the episode. Okay. Because all of the people listening are totally going to tune in just for that. Yeah. And and I will say, in regards to your concerns, I think they circumvented the problems that you would have had very well. Yes. They, because my, my initial thoughts on this movie was, holy shit, this movie is excellent. The writing was amazing. The continuity department is really working overtime to keep all this shit straight. But... The the story that they put together for this was so good and so engaging that I didn't I didn't do my customary wait this shit doesn't work kind of kind of line of thinking I was I was completely invested in this movie I I loved every minute of it I didn't question it at any point I was like God damn this is a great fucking movie. So this story is loosely based on a story called Spider- a comic story named Spider-Man One More Day. Okay. And in that story, for non-comics nerds, I'll go short here. During Civil War, the comic Civil War, not the movie Civil War, Tony Stark tells people that they have to reveal their identities. Peter Parker reveals his identity, and as a result, someone kills or shoots Aunt May. Uh, as a result of that, Mephisto, the 
the devil character in Marvel Universe basically says, hey, I can wipe everything clean and make everyone forget who you are uh, and basically say, you know, keep Aunt May safe, but everyone's going to forget who you are. Uh, MJ, everybody. Mm-hmm. And that kind of couldn't work in this kind of world. Um, yeah, they used magic and stuff like that, but they kind of changed that aspect up. Partially because I have no, I'm not entirely sure that Disney's ever going to go the Mephisto route, a character that literally looks like the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they're going to go that route ever. But I do think that they circumvented it very well with this story. And it was, it was made sense that he would go to Doctor Strange. They're both mm-hmm. located in New York. They know each other. Uh, and, you know, people have seen Doctor Strange do stuff that like, oh, well, why don't you just magic this problem out of here? You know, so I thought that was a very, very good way of, of circumventing a very, at least the, the one more day story, which was very controversial. Uh, so I guess let's talk about how all these characters get here. And I'll let you take that if you don't mind. Okay. Um... So the the movie opens with everyone knowing who Peter Parker is, or the the it actually opens at the end of the last one where they make the announcement of who Peter Parker is, and he him and MJ escape basically, and then they're just beset by people who either hate them or love them, and just their their lives are turned upside down. Um, now they're having trouble getting into college because of the quote unquote. Um, recent events so no college wants to bring them on board because they're closely associated with spider-man and then of course um you know peter parker can't get into college because he is spider-man so their their lives are essentially just ruined at this point the press and, following them the you know everything like everywhere they go it's right chaos just absolute shit show everywhere they go and and the last straw is when they don't get into any of their colleges, and the colleges actually tell them, in light of recent events, you know, we cannot consider your application at this time. And his friends are devastated, MJ is devastated, you know, and so he gets the idea that the... <laughs> I love what they did with it. Um, but he gets the idea to go to Doctor Strange to have everyone forget that he's Spider-Man. Well, actually... He wants Doctor Strange to go back in time to make it so that uh, Mysterio doesn't reveal his identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and Doctor Strange tells him, you know, I can't mess with time. I And in fact, I no longer have the time gem. But I can make people forget. And so they're doing this spell. And, you know, in typical Peter Parker fashion, he's just running his mouth, screwing everything up, trying to add more people to the spell so that they can keep remembering him. And Doctor Strange is having a hard time changing the spell and and holding it together, and then finally it just blows up. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing that's very interesting here, they didn't have to do something in this scene, and they did it, which is, like, a huge budgetary thing. Like, they didn't have to have the Sanctum Centaurum, like, full of snow when he got there. And, like, everything be cold, and, like... Right. That's, like, a huge amount of budget, like, to even just put... Like, they had to put breath in there, snow, all of that stuff, and it was just that little touch, and it, it made it so, like... It was just fun. Yeah. Like And he's walking around wearing a jacket and a sweatshirt. Yeah. Underneath the cape. Yeah, he's wearing that and like they have these two like underlings from from the whatever the the region <laughs> Doctor Strange got trained. Like 
scooping snow up and mm-hmm. it's just it's just cool and fun it's, it reminds me of like a harry potter thing like you know when you see the staircases moving randomly or something like that and that's just kind of a fun thing that's also where we get where we get told that um dr strange is no longer the sorcerer supreme because he got blipped out for five years, which means that Wong took over as Sorcerer Supreme. And when Doctor Strange came back, Wong kept the job, I guess. Yeah. And as I was telling you on the phone, I, I just, the character of Wong, whenever he shows up, I just, it just, you feel safe. Like it's, you feel like you're in good hands when he steps out onto the street and does his little like shield hands. It's, I don't know. There's something about that character. Yeah. So much. Like he very quickly grew to be whenever he showed up on the screen i was like oh sweet he's in this yeah so i i do in, like uh, i do like even that in shang chi well. too yeah i do like that character a lot as well but um the the thing that i was referring to that i absolutely loved was the the whole um not thinking it through because after the spell the spell fails <laughs> Doctor Strange says, "Well, you know, if you talk to them and they and they, you know, said they wouldn't reconsider, then you know, then you know, it, I I understand you coming to me." And he was like, "Excuse me, what?" Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, "You mean you didn't even ask them to reconsider before you came and asked me to wipe the memory of millions of people, <laughs> the entire universe?" <laughs> yeah, just just. Classic Parker, just classic Peter Parker. It's absolutely that's, that's the thing that Peter that Spider Man is. He's always been a nerd, a loser. That was the point. He, mm-hmm. he was that character, and then he was also Spider Man. You know, he was Flash in the comics. Again, back to comics. He Flash was the big jock, flat top. You know, always have the varsity jacket on, and would beat the hell out of Peter Parker, stuff him in lockers. But then he'd be like, "Yeah, Spider Man's my favorite." You know, and he'd high five Spider Man when he saw him in the city. Right. Um, and that was kind of the – and he could never have money. He could never have any of these things. So it was, it was really good to go back to that. Um, so, yeah, the spell breaks up. He contains the spell in this, like, little pod. We're not going to really do a full recap, but that's right. just the reason why all these why all these characters start appearing. And um, what, what happens is, is instead of making everyone forget who Peter Parker is – he pulled all of the people from the various universes who know who Peter Parker is. So, like, anyone who knew the Peter Parker identity was pulled into this universe. Mm-hmm. I guess Kirsten Dunst and, uh, well, I guess uh, Gwen, St- Gwen couldn't make it. Gwen, Gwen couldn't bu- make it. Gwen was busy being dead. Well, but but in, honestly, so was the Green Goblin. Yeah. They should have had just, just Gwen Stacy's, like, rotted corpse just fall out of the sky and splat on the ground. Oh, that would have been dark. <laughs> wow. My bad. And um, then get up and bite somebody and have it be the start of Marvel Zombies. That would have been awesome. That would have been, that was been phenomenal. <laughs> when Stacy was patient zero. They should totally have that, like, if they ever decide to do that, but just like, have it so that she, they just didn't realize that she came over and she was just like in the woods somewhere. Mm-hmm. Really far away. <laughs> um. Wow. Actually, no, she would have been in the water because, well, now she got buried, so whatever. Uh, moving on. So we have all of these villains appear, and the villain appearances were great. And it was very cool seeing some of these older villains, which the technology has gone up a lot since the original Spider-Man movies. And they looked great. Mm-hmm. But 
they were able to do a lot with octopus. Yeah, they were. Uh, and that whole sequence on the you know with the cars being flown around, right, and the, on really the bridge. Cool. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, I really loved Doc Ock in this movie. Yeah, Molina is a great actor. He re- he really is, but his his turn absolutely amazing. Yes, yes. And and speaking of turns, you pointed it out. You are absolutely correct. Willem Dafoe is fucking brilliant in this movie. He's a great actor. I mean, he, everyone knew that anyway. He really is. But he he's he's playing for those who don't know Willem Dafoe plays the Green Goblin in the original Spider-Man trilogy. And he's pulled into this to this universe and he's he's playing a man in complete mental breakdown, being taken over by the personality of the Green Goblin and with, you know, short little uh, bursts of of the actual um oh god, what's his name? Norman Osborn. Norman Osborn. With the actual Norman Osborn breaking through. And Defoe switches like on a dime and does it so perfectly. Because he's he's very, like when he's Norman Osborn, he's like, what do you mean I'm dead? He's like sad and he's vulnerable. And he's like, can you help me? What's what's going on? I'm, I, I don't know because he doesn't remember anything. The last thing he remembers is like this. So not only was he dual, dual personality – the last thing he remembers was Peter and him facing off and then everything went black because he died. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting. And then of course, green goblin is there to take over and I, and everyone hated that green goblin mask. I was I, me being one of them, but the rest of the costume was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it was like flight suit basically. And one of the first things they do is smash the mask. Yeah. And which I thought was kind of interesting because you know, the mask always told him what to do. Uh, so, bo- yeah, both of those. Basically, what what ends up happening is a lot of these characters died in the in their particular movies, right? And uh, Peter, the the uh, Tom Holland Peter, he realizes if they send them back to their worlds, they're just he's basically just sending him to be dead again, mm-hmm. and he can't do that. He can't he can't bring himself to do that. So he won't let Doctor Strange send them back, making basically his one mistake makes a whole movie and almost and kills countless others. Um so it's really interesting. And of course you see the, the lizard again, you see mm-hmm. Sandman and Electro. Oh, Electro. They, and Doc Ock they and did Green away with Goblin. the blue electro thing, which I liked. I see I didn't like the the blue electro like electric eel thing that they had going on no i didn't like that either. well i they got rid of the, he stopped being blue oh um, you like, you liked that they did away with it I, i'm they sorry did, they yeah they i, liked I thought you were saying you it. liked the no. blue electro thing oh no they i even though i think the costume probably wouldn't have translated i think the original electro costume is fantastic and they kind of hinted at it every time he like powered up the, the little yeah when he came shot out of the, face. the lightning bolts or whatever yeah mm-hmm. that was awesome i mean you know because i had you buy that one toy for me <laughs> absolutely yeah. um so, yeah, who else was there? Uh, yeah, Sam Man we already talked about. Who else was there? I think that's it, right? Uh, well, then we also had uh, Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Yeah, yeah. So then they start bringing in these th- these other characters from, um, and you see Andrew Garfield, and I'm like, holy crap! Which didn't wasn't all that long ago, but it was still kind of cool. Yeah. And then Toby Maguire, and like my my theater went nuts for Toby Maguire. 
who did not age at all, by the way. Uh, he he did a little bit, but he he wasn't even my second favorite Spider-Man. So he's your third? Yeah. <laughs> I liked Andrew Garfield better than Tobey Maguire. I mean, Tom Holland is by far number one, but... Mm-hmm. But I liked Andrew Garfield better than Tobey Maguire. Hmm. Uh, there's another cameo I have to talk about before I forget. When all of this stuff is going down and Peter hires a lawyer, or needs to hire oh. a lawyer, he's talking to Matt Murdock, and which who is? the people that watch the Daredevil show on Netflix was like, holy shit, and, everyone, and my wife and child was like, who's that? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, of course, the, the brick that flies through the window and he catches it, and they're like, how did you do that? But I'm I a love really that good lawyer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that they introduced Matt Murdock into the movie one week after they introduced Kingpin. And if there's going to be some sort of, you know, Marvel street level movie, now that they've been introduced uh, all of these characters, you know, Moon Knight's coming. I, I There was some news about potential Ghost Rider with uh, what's-his-face from Walking Dead. Reedus, Norman Reedus. Yeah, Norman Reedus, which mm-hmm. was in our patron-only chat, which we haven't yes. talked about, but we won't because it's a long episode. Be a patron. It's good. You get to learn stuff. Uh, Lots of stuff. Yeah. You get to talk to uh, us and others. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, and, and the story just kind of flowed. Like It, it really all... it really did. and And they had some really, really great payoffs from the previous movies mm-hmm. and and when i say like that Lego death star yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the and they they did a close-up of the uh, emperor palpatine lego character yep um and in fact somebody later in the movie asked him are these your legos building lego death star with tony stark's arms mm-hmm. like the, the robot arms not his actual arms yeah, rest in rest in peace, Tony. That'd be Take dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would. But but they had some great payoffs from the previous movies, and my my absolute favorite one was there's there's a part where where the the Spider Men, if you will, are are trying to help Peter cope with loss, and they're sharing what they've lost. And, you know, Toby says that he lost, you know, his Uncle Ben. And Andrew Garfield says that he lost Gwen. And he and they're like, Gwen? And he's like, it, she was my MJ. And, you know, it really, really touching moment. But later in the movie, there's a huge payoff. And you had to have watched the previous movies, um, the previous Spider-Man trilogies, to pick up on it, to to recognize it, or read the nineteen sixties comic, by the way. Well, okay, yeah, that that's fair as well. <laughs> um, but there's a scene where MJ falls off the Statue of Liberty, and and Tom Holland's character can't get to her, and he's sure she's dead, but Andrew Garfield's character sees it and immediately jumps after MJ. And he ends up doing his, uh, throwing a web out, um, doing a tuck and roll kind of thing, catches MJ and slows their fall and lands on the ground holding MJ. And she kind of looks up at him and says, thank you. 
And Andrew Garfield, who I think is an excellent actor, by the way, absolutely sells this scene. But he is like damn near in tears and he's asking her if she's okay. Are you okay? And for those who remember, that was how Gwen Stacy died. Andrew Garfield's girlfriend. He didn't catch her. He webbed her and broke her neck. Mm-hmm. And his experience in losing Gwen Stacy helped him to save uh, Tom Holland's MJ. And it was it was such an excellently done scene that you probably wouldn't even recognize it if you hadn't seen the Andrew Garfield movies. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah, I was like, oh. I, there was a couple of things that, that, you know, I was sitting there next to my kid, and he's, of course, only watched movies at the house for the past two years. Right. So his the volume control won a kid excited about a movie. He loved it, by the way. Asking questions in the theater yeah, like, at top yeah, volume. That? Yeah, like, and I was like, shh, shh, like, I'm not that parent. I'm like, no, I'll tell you, just make note of it ask me later it's crazy because he was like like went in a list like 20 questions on the way home but i was like remind me of this part i'll explain it like because he was wondering why i was like oh mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah it was, it was awesome uh i liked i actually kind of thought it was interesting the like the kids kind of getting one up over dr strange and like the kid, the and MJ like making fun of uh, Doctor Octopus and just like the the attitude of the the main characters because I don't know I I, I like Zendaya <laughs> as MJ he's, she's great I know a couple of magic words myself starting <laughs> with the word please okay please Scooby Doo this shit <laughs> that's one of the things my child said loudly he goes he said a bad word. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I thought that, I thought those were great. I liked that, uh, Ned was somehow able to, uh, use the little ring things, but they hinted at that too, Mm -hmm. with the grandmother being like, saying something about like, oh, we've always said he's had a little bit of magic in our family. Right. So I was like, oh shit. Like I, I breezed past me at the time, but then I was like, oh, that's cool. Another Marvel story editor. And Dr. Strange even acknowledges it. Yeah. He was like. Did you just open a portal? And Ned's like, uh-huh. And Doctor Strange is just like, hmm. And then walks away. <laughs> the characters are so likable that, like, even when some of them screw up, like, big time, like, you still like them. Like, Ned, in the interrogation, it's like, oh. Or even, you know, literally the entire movie, Peter Parker fucked up. <laughs> right. Well, and, and, I was, and that was one of the things that I commented on as far as, like, with the Doctor Strange. Peter Parker's... The the character of Peter Parker that Tom Holland has set up has such a youthful innocence and such a huge heart that based upon what was going on in the movie, it made for believable conflict between him and Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, he just just based on what you know of Tom Holland's character, Peter Parker, you're like, yeah, he can't let him do that. He can't. He can't do. That. Uh, I love so, the fascination with Tobey Maguire's webbing. Yeah, where's that come from? Does it come from anywhere else? Do you make it in your body? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you guys don't? <laughs> it's like, oh, well, that's weird. And I love that they kind of like nodded, they gave that a nod, because that, if I remember correctly, that was one of the things that people were like, eh, I don't think I like that idea when the when the first Spider-Man came out. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Anything that was controversial 
they either changed or or gave you know, a nod to it. Yeah. Blue Electro, this, uh, certain costume ideas, things along those lines. Uh, what else? What, where did where did we leave us at the end of this? At the end of the movie? Yeah. So Spider-Man... One, oh, this is another one. People complained that Spider-Man was no longer street level because he had all of the Stark tech. Yeah, he, he was super powered and, you know, mm-hmm. he could call in a satellite. He could do this. His, his, he had a nano suit, all of this stuff. And by the end of it, He's back to just a suit that he sewed himself. Right. Uh, which is the most comic book accurate one out of any of them, to be honest. Yeah, the bright blue and the red, yeah. Yeah. And and sad, I, my heart really hurt for Peter Parker at the end of this movie. Because Peter Parker, at this point, is truly alone. He has got no one, because nobody in the world knows who he is. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they don't know who Spider-Man is. No one knows who Peter Parker is. And the only person who would have known or could have known is gone. Mm-hmm. Which is, I don't know what they're going to do. This is such a big movie. And like, can they go backwards? The only thing I could see happening would be would be Doctor Strange somehow remembering. But but he very much hinted at the fact that he wouldn't even know who Peter Parker was anymore. I mean, all of the big bads have been done except for one that I can think of. Uh Craven the Hunter. And Mephisto. And Mephisto was actually a Doctor Strange villain, though. Um, and I don't. So I, I do wonder if they'll. I mean, you know, a oh, you're talking a, about Spider-Man villains? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they've still got the Rhino. They've still got. Um, you see him actually in the you, in. You do in the multiverse thing. Yeah, like the cracks coming through. Mm-hmm. But they've still got Rhino. They've still got. Um, Hobgoblin would be cool. Yeah, they've still got... And, and see, that's kind of where I thought they were going with the Green Goblin when he got rid of his mask because he was wearing that hood. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked so cool that way, actually. Yeah, he did. Um, who else do they have? Who, who else was in the Sinister Six? It was Rhino, Doc Ock... Um, Green Goblin... Uh, Electro... I think Mysterio and Vulture. Oh, was it? Okay. I think so. Actually, it might not have been. I don't. Green Goblin might not have been in there. I think Green Goblin might might have been like a big bad, and it was Hobgoblin. I don't know. It it changes all the time, honestly. Yeah. Uh, you can Google it and tell us, and by writing in. I I just want. I wonder where they're going to go for it. if there's going to be another one. Um, like I said, you know, there's technically not a lizard in this world, but they've seen it. I mean. Uh, there's really not been an Electro in this world. There's, Oh, you know what? You know where I bet we go from here? Hmm. Venom. Yeah, that's true. I bet that's the next one. Because if you stay for the post-credit scenes... I never um, expected Venom to be in the movie. And every that? time, every trailer, everyone expected Venom to be in the movie, like, as part of the people carried over. Mm-hmm. Partially because of the previous Venom. 
but also because like any t- if you watch the trailer like you know all the cars were being thrown around on the thing and then people were like oh it's the rhino because you didn't see who was throwing the cars or like some of the trailers hinted that it might be venom but it never was but go on go on where was that going uh I I I've got it right here. You I mean you've still got you've still got Rhino, you've still got Kingpin, you've still got Scorpion, Craven the Hunter. Um technically you've still got Carnage. Um Chameleon, Shocker, Hobgoblin, Hammerhead, Morbius. Uh they could still do Black Cat, Jackal, Tombstone. Mm-hmm. Alistair Smythe, I don't know who that is. Uh, he is a scientist character that makes spiders that like, or robots that are called like spider hunters or something. Oh, okay. Okay. As we are writing this, I literally got something pushed through on my phone. Uh, Andrew Garfield likely returning as Spider-Man to fight Venom in the Sinister Six. Really? Yeah. Someone named Dorkota said, "I don't want to hear any bitching. I've been waiting for this since 2014." <laughs> that was from Forbes magazine, which is not really the Forbes magazine that it used to be. Mm-hmm. Now that they'll put any paid content on there, but um, so interesting. He was a he was an interesting. He didn't he wanted to play the character, and he had ever, and he didn't necessarily want the fame behind it, and he had every right to it. It's not a complaint about him, but you could tell it aided him a little bit. So, you know, whenever people were questioning him about other roles he took or whatever, you could tell mm-hmm. it kind of bothered him. So it's kind of inter- it's it could be interesting. Um. I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man. He's been in a bunch of things. I was trying to count how many things he's actually been in. He's got a big one coming up. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm talking about, like, not other roles. Like, other times he was Spider-Man. Uncharted is definitely going to be good. Yeah. But, Although he does feel a little young to be Nathan Drake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the thing I liked about... Uncharted is, like, one of my favorite video game series of all time. And the thing I like about it is the fact that, like, the dude is always going, ugh, uh, like struggling to climb up stuff and it's like you know like old indiana jones basically mm-hmm. uh but yeah no it's uh it, i wonder where they're gonna go from there and that's and we of course have venom in the world now i think that's what you're talking about that yeah we change subjects so so the the end credit scene was was venom and then the end end credit scene was a trailer oddly it, enough it pretty much was just a trailer for another movie. What movie was that, Greg? Doctor Strange and the uh, Multiverse of Madness. Is that what it is? Yep. Yeah. Which, and he recruits uh, the Scarlet Witch, and it's. I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a crazy ride, I think. And a character that I know nothing about, but uh, the America character, which I, I think I left comics before she appeared. So America I'm, Chavez. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I know nothing about her. I didn't know. I didn't even know she was in the movie. Yeah, she's she's in the trailer. Actually, you see her back. Oh, okay. Um, you see her back, and then you see the front of her when there's that door kind of floating in the void, and like Doctor Strange is in the front of it, and you see two people behind. Oh, okay. One of, is, one of them is America Chavez. So, I don't. know. I did not realize she was a mythical a mystical character, but I think that's uh, I think that's what we got for Spider Man. Anything else? You Absolutely got? recommend this movie. Go see it. Yeah, one of my favorites. I'm going to uh, text our our co-host. It it could very possibly be my favorite Spider-Man movie to date. 
You're, you're going to date the Spider-Man movies? I, I totally would. This one doesn't even have any redheads in it. I'm shocked. I'm very surprised they didn't get Kirsten Dunst in there somehow. To be honest. When, uh, when Stacy was my favorite, but I've always loved, um, she's, well, she's snarky as hell. Oh, I fucking love her. Emma Stone. Mm -hmm. So our co-host should be coming back momentarily. No, go get, no, put on, put on some Steely Dan and just get back in the swing. I'll be right there. I'm almost done. So after we murder all of the Romanians and put oh, I'm, the rest I'm, of them I'm in sorry. work camp. I, hi, guys. Oh. <laughs> Are you having weird sex with Steely Dan? Because that's about the worst idea I've ever heard. <laughs> Try it. <laughs> Actually, that doesn't sound like a horrible idea, Omar. <laughs> anyway, what are you guys doing? <laughs> Uh, we were just talking about a Spider-Man movie. Apparently, you're too busy to go see it. Well, you know. And, uh, you know, <laughs> God only knows what you're doing. <clears throat> so now we're going to leave this podcast behind. And I don't know who's doing that. I think it's uh, Rob's Rob. better at it than taking us out. He's, he's the pro. Yeah. So take us well, out. Well, guys. Don't to do too much because we went long. Yeah, we, we've gone way long. So if you would like to reach out to us, you can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod, or you can email us directly, Give Me Five Podcast at gmail.com. Please, guys, leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're using. It really helps us stand out and it helps other people find us. We'll, we'll cut it short, but remember, like I always say, with great power comes really large power bills. Yeah.